1: Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sleep Suplex Retweet.
2: Hello, hello, hello everyone. You're back listening to Saturday Draft Live. It is myself, Jack Graham. You're listening to Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, anywhere you get your podcast. Eat, Sleep Suplex retweet is on it. With Saturday Draft Live, with Central, with our feature shows, with East Meets West, anything that we do, it's all on there. But also check out our YouTube channel. We've got Booker, that'll be starting again soon. We've got the latest quiz showdown, which I defended my championship Oh, so it's been a few weeks now, but I won't spoil the result for you. So you better go and check if I keep that championship or not. As always, joined here by David Talkney. David, how are you doing? How do you, Jack? Uh, I think you should re- you name yourself to Zerka HD with
1: that "hello, hello, hello" style entrance there. <laughs> but uh, you know, I digress. It's uh, it's a good channel.
2: Check it out. Well, we're not plugging other shite, we're plugging our own mm. shite Unfortunately, David Campbell can't be with us today. day he is sick in his deathbed So we wish him all the best But we need to welcome someone else to the party The SDL party Ross McLeod, welcome my friend
0: <sighs> Typical, typical Campbell Running from McLeod Just, mm. just typical Just absolutely ty- No, I'm, I'm glad to be here And fortunately, Campbell's not here uh, So here's to a better show <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well,
2: as, as we always do we go with our top three but we'll stick with you Ross because you've, you've, you've picked our commentator this season as well and in third place is Tony Schiavone in 12 points for Gary and obviously you've picked Beth Phoenix what's obviously I don't know if that's part of your strategy or not after what happened with the, at the end of the selection show this season but what, what, what do you make of commentators being in the draft in general
0: I feel like I need to kind of take part of the blame. You know, I I picked a occasional wrestler, mostly manager Selena Vega, and I believe season five,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that kind of opened people's eyes to different possibilities. And now it's kind of went well. Hold on a minute, it's you know there's commentators there. We could we could pick them. They they occasionally wrestle some of them. And I think, uh, I think it's been taken a bit too far this season. I think, uh, I think a rule should be in place that if it's not a, say like a Wade Barrett or a Beth Phoenix who, it's not out of the realms of possibility that he could wrestle, I don't think you should be able to pick them. So the likes of Michael Cole, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, I think they should, they should be off the table, uh, in future, like in future drafts, I think. If we're going to say backstage interviews can't be picked, then well, that's essentially what caller commentary. play-by-play commentators are.
2: Yeah, I think I think I'm on the position that I would only, I should. I'm happy with that. With ma- managers of wrestlers being selected, and obviously the likes of Adam Pearce as well. But I think anyone else, uh, I, I don't think should be allowed. Obviously, I resp- I, I'm, I'm fine with folk taking them. Obviously, because that's it's in the rules so to do what you need to do. But I, I, I don't think it should be in place going forward but obviously that's it's if we just kind of look at gary's team here for a wee bit with tony uh, how tony's doing he's in 34 points and i think as the fourth round goes for selection wise by everyone that's the best pick going so it's obviously like someone that's proved dividends for gary right now but dave i'll come to you with a uh, second place and 13 points my tag team mm-hmm. the young bucks Obviously, back back to the kickoff show when I, when I picked the Young Bucks, it, it raised some eyebrows a bit. With it, it kind of felt like a a tag team that had to prove themselves, considering previous performances. But we can see them now; they broke into the top ten on thirty two points. I Believe they're the third uh, highest highest-picked tag team in regards to points. Jenga's a pick that's proved dividends here. Yeah, the Young Bucks are always a safe
1: bet when it comes to picking a tag team because they're always featured in some form of, you know, title match or whether it's, you know, being part of the elite, they're always going to make show face on AEW in one way or another. And, you know, they always put out consistent matches on TV and pay-per-view. So there's no surprise that they're in the top the top three this weekend with double or nothing happened this past weekend, that retention over Moxley and Kingston has done wonders for your team in particular, Jack. And as you mentioned, they've now broken into the top 10 as a result. So it's uh, it's been a very, very good week for the Bucks, uh, especially when they've had a fairly sort of uh, quiet season thus far.
2: Yeah. It's like that's, that's them over 30 points. I believe they're the second highest scoring in my team. So um, I'm I'm very happy, but obviously our number one this week, Sarah's Sarah's top scorer, Britt Baker. She was on 26 points last week. And now after winning the AEW Women's Championship, Ross, she is on 19 points this week and 45 points overall, breaking into that top 10 of the season as well. As as women picks go, I believe she was picked for Sarah uh, in the second round yeah second round because Christian Cage went first that's quite quite a good pick for your second round there
0: yeah absolutely I think um, I think we've seen this season a lot of people picked a woman first because there is less um, there's less women that are going to get you more points than there are male competitors so sometimes if you're a bit further down the pecking order you might have to Go, right, I'll, I'll pick a, a female pick first and go strong with the female picks and hope your male picks sort of get enough TV time. where uh, it's like, you know, if you leave it to the last round, you're doing what I did and I'm picking Beth Phoenix in round five because there's no other consistently strong females available. Um, Good pick, good week for Britt Baker, but we see this with EW picks every the draft. There's not many... There's not many pay-per-views and there's not as as frequently uh, defended titles as there are in WWE. So every so often we get these, these wee weeks where, you know, it's like, oh God, that was a great pick. But then when you look at it over the whole season, you're like, actually more consistently just to pick, you know, insert women's name here, you know what I mean? on a WWE side of things
2: yeah no, I, I get what you mean it's always it's that you're, you you know with WWE you're kind of you're getting the consistency with obviously pay-per-views coming every month and with AEW and sometimes NXT when your pay-per-views are kind of sporadically it's hard to get that consistency with, it, with the points for your picks but we're seeing it with some in there that's in the top 10 obviously you've got your Britt Baker, Tony, you've got Young Bucks it's You've got to take your chance and if it works out for you, it's great. If not, you move on. But I think it's the first time this season we've seen the top three dominated by AEW, which mm-hmm. is a, a nice sight to see considering what we did a wee, a wee spot analysis last week, Dave, on how AEW was performing. And obviously that's just bubbed yep. that right up. And it's evident in the points as well, you know, well of the overall table, I should
1: say, because all three top three picks have actually just broken into the top uh, 10 this season as well. And... AEW has accumulated the most total points over all of our draftees with half points, which makes up just over 36% of
2: the overall points scored. There we go. All right. And now move on to our league table and uh ever-present at the bottom this season, uh, Scott McLeod, 68.5 points. I'm sure he's working away his transfer plan strategy of how he wants to go because he'll have the first pick every day and every round. So it, it could it could it prove fortunes for him? We'll, we'll wait and see in a couple of weeks. But uh, a near 20-point gap on 86 points. David Campbell, Hockney, yourself, you're two points ahead of Campbell on 88 with Ross just one point above you in 89. Ryan O'Gleish, sixth position, 19 and a half points. Then we see roughly a 17-point gap up to Sarah Grieve on 108 points. Then we see another bit of a gap... To Gary, who's fourth on 121 points, you've got Ryan Gallagher, 130 points in third place, then a 13-point gap to Stephen Wilson in 143, and then a 32-point gap. Oh, it feels so good to myself. Number one at the top of the humble list, 175 points. I am very happy after what Stephen Wilson may have considered a slow week a couple of weeks ago when I was only 12 points ahead of him. Now I've extended that to 32
1: yeah, you well, got to thank the young. You got to thank the Young Bucks for that
2: one. I, I think I've got to thank Young Bucks. They might also put one on title with the Adam Page won the uh, double or nothing, then Young mm-hmm. Bucks won last night as well. It's all tickety boo, and obviously Drew got ten points, so he just missed out in the top ten. Then the other week he probably would have been in the top ten, but we, we speak about Drew enough. But that's I, I, I can't keep going on about how well I'm doing. We need, we need to go, and we need to see how the westerns league's getting on. So Dave, take it away.
1: Yes, and I can tell you though. I mean. A few weeks ago, we said the listeners lead looked like a bit of a runaway, but in the last sort of week, it's now becoming a lot more competitive than we originally thought. So breaking into the top five, we have a few returning names. Some have fallen out of the top five compared to last week, but we have a new entry now with JP with shirts and balls out in fifth place on 147. Now, what's helped him out this week is obviously Britt Baker. His second round pick won the AEW Women's Championship, as we mentioned, And then his fourth round pick, Tony Schiavone, as we mentioned, also gets scoring big points here. His captain is currently Charlotte Flair, who at the minute, you know, is, as we mentioned, always in the, the women's championship scene. And his team cap, well, his tag team is also the New Day, who have also broken into the top 10 as well. So he's had a very, very slow burner over the last weekend. Those AEW points from Britt Baker is what's helping him out. Then we come to a regular returnee to the top five, Tom Brock in fourth place with the Tilburg Trappers, 152 points. Now, this is one of many people in the listeners league who has Drew McIntyre as their team captain. And that's what's keeping uh, Tom ahead here. But what helped him out this week was Adam Page, his round three pick scoring, scoring a big win over Brian Cage. Now, his tag team is also the Young Bucks as well. So that's... uh, a couple of wins this week as well is also keeping him afloat. But even with one person short with uh, Daniel Bryan, you know, not being on SmackDown anymore, Tom is still hanging in there. He's getting wins where it matters most and he's keeping his he's keeping his uh, position here in the top five. Just half point ahead of him. Now, this is where uh, we'll go into the top uh, top three here. And how do we start? Any sign of a good uh, of a good night is with a pair of Johnnies. So uh, third place, we've got Johnny Napier with Nehaso Brasso on 152.5, half, just half a point of head on Tom. Now, his big point scorer this week was Apollo Cruz, his team captain with successful intercontinental title retention against Kevin Owens. Uh, and now Apollo Cruz has been an absolute standout this season so far. He's currently third place overall and one of the big scorers. Not to mention that Johnny's team is also the Young Bucks, who, as we've said, was a big uh, a big scorer as well. Uh, Tony Schiavone, again, appearing once again. But what I think's letting Johnny down, though, is Sasha Banks has yet to make an appearance and Kyle O'Reilly is his fifth-round pick. Still not scoring as many as we'd hoped, but he's getting there. Then, moving on to second place, Johnny Adam, Bam Bam Gigolo, uh, 161 points. Now, the the Young Bucks are actually Johnny's captain. So he was getting massive points uh, as a result of the the Young Bucks' very successful week. And Britt Baker is also his, uh, his second round pick. So he was getting big points from the from the women's title win. Not to mention as well that with the inner circle, the beaten pinnacle and the stadium stampede, his last round pick of Chris Jericho is giving them that little extra boost there. So he's doing pretty well overall uh la night i think is going to be his uh, his low scorer he's not doing as as well as any of us would hoped there but once again in number one place only 11 points ahead of johnny so the gap's getting smaller it's ross brady with the talented mrs ripley now we've been banging on about how well ross has been doing this season and just looking at his uh, his team here it's a recurring theme we see here with Britt Baker obviously scoring big there. But his team captain, Damian Priest, has had a bit of a quiet a quiet week lately. But what I think has really helped him out, though, is AJ and Omos successfully retaining the Raw Tag Team titles as well. So he's holding, he's holding first place still, but he's not scoring as big as compared to some of the other guys in the top five, largely because of a much heavier AEW presence on their teams. So... At this stage, I think the Listeners' League is becoming a lot more competitive, and double or nothing has certainly closed the gap for a few of the, a few of the competitors. and with Helen a cell coming up, you know we could see you know the talented Mrs. Ripley gain further traction, or we might see the gap close a bit more if Charlotte Flair uh, pulls off a win.
2: So with that, that's the Listeners' League, and I'll hand it back to you, Jack.: oh, it's, all, it's all happening there, but we'll, we'll get on to the the, the part of the show that Ross McLeod, Roscoe, the, the one-man band for Central. Is it's here, is here. When we're talking about <laughs> about his team. Uh, we'll, we'll ask you a couple of questions, Ross. We'll, we'll go about your strategy, where, you, where you're picking. So, I, I believe you picked seventh overall at the tens, you're a, a bit low down. Uh, maybe some transfer window insight about what you want to take through. But I'll go, I'll go through your, your, your team's points and where they rank overall. So, it was a new day. Uh, 34 points, I believe they are your your captains. Is that is that correct?
0: Yeah, yeah. They're just a consistently, like, as you said, picking seventh, I, I had a very, uh, you know, as you can tell from my team uh, and my position on the table, I had a very mid-card uh, heavy team. And I'm like, right, I need somebody who's consistently going to make loads of appearances. And if it's not in the title scene, consistently going to get loads of wins. And I'm like, ah, you know what? Fuck it, we'll just go New Day.
2: I think especially especially New Day, I think recently, the past three, four weeks, they've proved very, very, very useful considering they in they've been in, intertwined with this RK Bro thing going on, but then all of a sudden Kofi's also like in the mix with a sturdy title shot and wherever Kofi goes, Woods swallows. So you're, you're picking up, like, and you're just, you're just, each of the weeks, you are just missing out in the top three with the new day. I think they were just getting about, like, eight points a show because of, I don't think they were winning their matches because I was a lot of it was just singles stuff, but they were appearing, like, four times. So, was, I, again, I expect it's very good for you. But you've got Charlotte Flair, 21 points, 18th overall. Edge on 0 points, 59th overall. I that'll be an interesting conversation to have. Kevin Owens on 9 points is 46th overall. She does seventeen points. It's twenty fourth overall, and Beth Phoenix got eight points, which is fifty first overall. Now, Ross, I'm going to ask you about Edge. Your second round pick, zero points, coming off the loss at WrestleMania. I don't know if you thought he was going to be a regular on SmackDown. I don't know if you knew he was going to be taking a break or not. But what was the what was the thinking? of taking Edge? Were you fear that someone else was going to take him, and it was like a, a, a pick to get off the board, or was, is it just that strategy gone wrong?
0: No, I think it's more um I think it's more just making sure I have a, a big hitter. Like this is gonna be a long season and you know, i I was prepared for David Campbell being on today and going, but what about the transfer window? But what about the transfer? window? Right, you're never guaranteed the transfer window. You know you could be third when the transfer window comes around and then finish ninth. And it could be the fact that you never got the transfers you wanted. So I wanted Edge. I did not think he'd take a break. But now that, eh, like, at at this time, I thought he would be... I thought him and Daniel Bryan were going to go into a feud because that was the rumours that post-mania, like, it's going to be Edge and Bryan. And now that WWE are going to be bringing crowd backs, eh, sorry, bringing back crowds, and they have just released, you know, six very talented individuals, they're going to need names. So I, I think you'll see Edge on TV more more in the near future. I think he may be maybe in the Money in the Bank match, and, you know, I wouldn't be against him winning that, you know, certainly wouldn't be, because he's on my team. So it could end up paying off in the long run, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I i've heard david campbell on this show like i mean there was other picks at second round there was other picks at second round right we're not even at the halfway mark of the season let me know let me know how it is at the end of the season and then we can say that was a failure or you know what that ended up working out perfectly for you
2: well, What i'm getting from that is the edge edge might not be weaving your team after that week and you're hoping mm-hmm. for a wee summer slam revival that's that's very interesting. I kind of I kind of respect it in a way. But I'll i ask another question on your team, then I'll hand over to the to the good David to me. I'll ask about Kevin Owens, nine points, yes. forty six overall. Obviously, he's been very very much in amongst this uh, intercontinental title rivalry. Obviously, it was it was assumed that money in the bank would happen in June, but that's now July, and hell, the sale has been brought forward. Obviously, the big if. Uh, when you watch Talking Smack, Kevin Owens is on regularly, he's always kind of speak to Paul Heyman about how he's going to win Money in the Bag. He's going to come back for the Universal Title. Was that was that a kind of part of your thinking that Owens are a good vile candidate to win Money in the Bank? So for that longevity of the season, it could it could help you near the end.
0: I thought uh, originally that Kevin Owens was going to continue his Sami Zayn feud. I didn't think that was that was over. I thought it was going to be more more singles matches. Um, Something I've talked about on Central was praising the Intercontinental title scene and about how there's you know, there's a lot of people in and around that title scene. The only annoying thing there is if you've got people in and around that title scene, you're gonna have people trading wins and losses. And unfortunately, Kevin Owens is doing just that. You know, he's he's winning a tag match one week and then he's he's losing in the title match the next week and then he's, you know, winning by DQ making loads of appearances one week and then losing an intercontinental title singles match the next week and it's just kind of like the, the ebb and flow if, if they win the title sort of like Kushida it ends up being worth it but at the minute it's a bit you know it's good TV that there's lots of people in and around that scene but it's bad for if you've got a draft pick and one of those guys is in it
2: Aye that's that's absolutely fair enough. I've I've, I've all your questions from me, Your Honour. Uh, David, talk me. <laughs> uh, I called call myself to the stand here. Now, Ross, I want
1: to ask you about Kushida. Now, as we've seen in past seasons, you know Kushida, Kushida's kind of just been there, but he's never quite, you know, sort of been a big hitter when it came to to draft scoring. Now he's sort of somewhere in the middle of the of the pack here, but. As the as the cruiserweight champion, he had a successful defense this week, and he's getting a lot more exposure on NXT these days. Do you think um, if you added the captaincy to him, you would have actually ended up scoring the same points as New Day? Do you think there's a possibility that if Kushida continues to get more exposure and defends the title more frequently, is there a chance that you could potentially switch the captaincy to him?
0: No. No. Uh, Kushida is, I believe I picked him fourth, didn't I? Yep fourth place yep. yeah he was he was coming out of the I thought he was going to go in, back into the would you call it five life feud, no no back into the feud with uh, Pete Dunn. he had just lost at the takeover so I thought right there's at least one big win coming my way and then they'll have the blow-off match and then lo and behold he goes and wins the Cruiserweight title and starts the Cruiserweight title uh, challenge thing but the thing with the Cruiserweight title and Jack, I know you'll know this, because you've picked Santos Escobar before, is there's times where it's very prominent on TV and then without warning, it just drops from the TV and we don't count the points on 205 Live, which I think's ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they'll go with 205 Live for a while and they'll just hang about there and then they'll be back on NXT and Kushida has formed for just disappearing off the face of the earth in nxt you know and so does the cruiserweight title so when you put the two of them together yeah it's nice that there's a couple of title defenses but at the same time i'm not going to change my captaincy i'm certainly not going to do it very early on uh in the season so no does get form for disappearing off tv as does the cruiserweight title so i don't think it'd be a risk i'm willing to take when new day or at the moment not going anywhere
1: okay and speaking of someone who's clearly not not going anywhere what about charlotte flair i mean she's been in and around the raw women's title picture as 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 charlotte flair does uh and she's got a title match against rhea ripley at hell in a cell are you confident that she could uh walk away again with the the women's title and do you think that'll influence any potential captaincy changes in the future
0: Maybe if she starts getting booked more um, more dominantly, you know, she's a bit more arrogant, but slipping up and making mistakes at the minute. Um, but it's Charlotte Flair, so you know she's always going to be booked strongly and you know she's always, you know, they've done it before and just gave her the title with no build, no storyline. So there's no, there's no better woman's pick to have, in my opinion, than a Charlotte Flair because you're more likely than anyone else to get the title. Like, mm-hmm. you know, at, at a moment's notice, they, they generally could just move her to SmackDown and take off Bianca Belair because Charlotte is the sort of like John Cena of the women's division. She will just, at a moment's notice, win the title. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? She's a secure pick. She's always going to be on TV multiple times. So, you know, there's weeks where she won't wrestle but she'll be on tv five six times and you're you know that's you that's you six points up and no losses so if i was going to change my captaincy, it'd probably be charlotte flair but at the minute there's no captains to change because the new day are everywhere
2: fair enough uh no further questions jack So we've already spoke about about a uh, uh, Beth Phoenix at the start, so I won't. I won't ask any any questions already right, on that. But i I have a couple just re- regarding your position in the table right now. So you're seventh, but you know from sixth to ninth, it's very tight. And that kind that 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 section changes like almost weekly. With who is sixth and who is ninth? Because Sarah's managed to kind of build a bit of a gap now with a double or nothing. With the transfer window coming up, you're you're currently in the in the, the top half of that sixth to ninth position would being seventh, would you would you want to see yourself falling down a bit so you've got a better chance of getting folk you might want in the transfer window, or are you happier to play for position right now?
0: Nah, I'm I'm happy to play for position. I I comfortably don't think I'm winning this season unless Edge comes back and just goes in a tear and like owns wins the IC title. Like and I just get, you know, team champion that just drives me over the line. But I, this team's got potential to get me higher and higher up the list or a comfortable mid-table finish, you know. I'm not interested in, you know, put it as we do the transfer windows, it'll be all free agents because nobody wants to sell, you know. You're not going to sell to David Campbell. Scott's not going to sell to Stephen Wilson. Hibbs will not sell Scott Allen to Rangers. It's just, <laughs> there's... there's we we call it the transfer window. We really should just call it the redraft because nobody wants to trade with like a hey, trade wrestlers. You know, you got a message for David Campbell. You just ignore it at this time of year. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm 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 not going to transfer any of my people because it was a fifth round pick. Beth Phoenix. She's my low scorer. She's going to be on TV every week and then occasionally she'll do multiple interview segments with women who are debuting or women who have just eh, had a big match. I've still got Edge to come back. Owens is in and around the IC title picture. We've mentioned Charlotte Flair's always, you know, five minutes away for winning a title. The New Day are always five minutes away for winning a tag title. If Vince McMahon decides tomorrow, you know what, I've kind of went off almost, they're going to throw the title on the New Day. Like they're that team, so I have championship implications all the way through my team. Not performing as well as I like at the minute, but you know I don't think there'll be any any transfer change changes uh, to my team.
2: I think I think on that it's uh, I won't lie, I'm am surprised at that. I I, I thought you would back. I, I I respect that you're back in the picks that you made and you're wanting to see it to the very end. So. Yeah, fair enough, and I think I think on that note, that is a Saturday draft live ended
0: for this week. So before we before we wrap up, I think as well, um, should Edge come back to TV, or say, or say I'm say I'm comfortably mid table, or say say I have a good run and end up fourth, you try to tell me people I might have dumped like the New Day or Charlotte Flair or the Cruiserweight Champion Kishida are consistently challenging fantasy title Kevin Owens or Edge when he makes a comeback you try to tell me they aren't people that are going to get snapped up, you know what I mean so my transfer policy is less about seeing it out to the end and more just being a petty bastard and you can't have my things, these are my toys, <laughs> can't play with my, toys. my toys are my toys
2: i am always a big fan of penis um, I'm, I'm quite oh, a petty
0: that's what gets me out of bed in the morning.
2: <laughs> I'd be I'm, I'm only petty on on, uh, on certain things. Well, there we go. That's that's SDL ended. Ross, thank you for coming on on the show. I'm sorry, David Campbell couldn't be here to to ask you some questions. As well, I'm sure you enjoyed that interaction.
0: Oh, be. It's been an absolute delight. I'll come on next week if he's no here. <laughs>
2: Hockney, as always, thank you for thank you for being here. Thank you, Jack, and thank you to the listeners for listening. As always, and you'll see us next week. David Campbell should be returned. We should be talking about how NXT picks are doing because I, I believe takeovers next weekend. So there's a lot to look forward to, and we'll see you then. Goodbye.
1: There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello, guys. Welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell, and in this show, you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet Team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're gonna have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for
0: Quiz Showdown.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs>